Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Welcome to another episode of Not That Andrew with not Andrew Cuomo, not Prince Andrew, but Andrew Giuliani. We're going to MAGA, make Andrews great again because the name Andrew has been crushed over the last couple of years. So let's start making it great again. And speaking about a guy who's been making art great again, I want to introduce you to a very, very good friend of mine. And actually, normally I have a whole introduction about how I would introduce somebody. But really, the only thing I put down here is patriotic artist from Staten Island, because that's really what Scott is to me, but he's been defined so many different ways. Scott Labedo, it's great to be with you. Always a pleasure, my friend, always. And I like that. I, I got to use that. Make art great again. It's the same thing. <laughs> exactly. AGA. Exactly. We can MAGA all day long. But to that point, how would you define yourself, Scott? Because I've heard you've been defined so many different ways, the angry American patriot, you know, you've done so many, so many things that I think have really captured the heart of New Yorkers in, in fighting for our freedoms. How would you define yourself? If you were introducing yourself, what would it be? Patriotic, artist, activist. Those three things. That is my primary, that is exactly what I am. What it is funny, Angel, is that all the people in the art community call me, oh, there's that conservative artist. Right. Because I'm one of a million artists, but yet they don't call the 99% of artists that are liberal, oh, there goes that liberal artist. They call them artists. But because I am outside the box, I refuse to succumb to the isms of their elitist America hating agenda, they despise me. So I am the evil conservative artist, that white supremacist, <laughs> racist, homophobic, you know, and I eat it up because I know in my heart I am none of those things. Yeah. But I am just, I use my art, you know, to fight the cause and be a voice for people who can't, and as you know, us New Yorkers, cops, firemen, you know, EMTs, anybody who, you know, works for the city or government, God forbid they say anything outside the rim on their social media, they're either shut down or they are fired from their job, which is so un-American, it's sickening. So I step in. I have nothing to lose. I'm a crazy fucking artist. I love my freedom. <laughs> I am an eagle. I do whatever the hell I want. And I love being a voice, you know, again, using the unorthodox method of being, you know, as an artist, you know, being an artist and using my art and my ideas to bring attention to, you know, all of this insanity that is happening in this <laughs> fucking world. Well, you know, Scott, you mentioned some things there in terms of the 99% that are liberal artists. But if I think about the things that you've really been fighting for, especially over the last couple of years, which is, you know, the freedom to choose what to put in your body, the freedom to protect our Constitution, it's tough for me to call, I guess, those with a political difference from you or I liberals anymore because really they're illiberal in so many ways. They're leftists. So it's so fascinating to see that, you know, even though that, you know, you might be defined as conservative, I might be defined as conservative, in many ways we are stepping up for what is kind of the classically liberal choice here, even if we may not agree with so many of those on the other side of the aisle. You know, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, my mom, rest us all, was a liberal, but an old school liberal with common sense. Right. 
And I learned, you know, she sent us to an all-black school, me and my two brothers in Staten Island, when we could have went to the white school with all our friends. She wanted us to get culture. She wanted us to toughen up and understand diversity. So when I'm labeled a racist, it rolls right off of me. But the beauty is, is that, you know, you brought it up. You know, again, I remember the liberals. I've been two blocks away from 60. I remember the liberals from the old days. They were, you know, stinky hippies with beads and peace signs and putting <laughs> flowers and rifles and loving all art and expression. Yeah. And these people that call themselves liberals are so unliberal. We are, me, you know, you and I and your dad, and we are the new liberals, believe it or not. Yeah. It, you see how weird it became? It just flipped so horribly. And they are so unpeaceful. They are violent. Hippies, liberals were never violent. They're tearing down artwork all over the place. When the old liberal, the hippie, no matter what it was, they loved art. Isn't it absurd? You know, but again, I, as Curtis is and your dad, I'm one of the founding fathers of this creative conservative movement. 30 years ago in the 90s, that's where I saw you know, the desecration of Americanism in the arts when I went to go find myself in the big city of Manhattan. And I said, no, I don't want any part of this. I don't give a fuck how rich or famous you make my name. I don't want my heart. I was brought up to love this country and just love everybody. And I was like, nope, you guys, you don't want me. I don't want you. You know, I'm a straight white NASCAR loving Second Amendment loving, flag waving <laughs> artist? No, you're not an artist, Scott. You're not. You can't be. Not just okay. flag loving, flag painting, too. Come on. Most importantly, flag painting all around the country. Exactly. I saw at that moment in the 90s, you know, patriotism was, you know, it fluctuates, as we know, 70s, 60s with Vietnam. And then it was the Gulf War that kind of got some people scared about the flag. We were oppressive. And I saw this, I said, nope, this is my fucking calling. And every artist's dream is to find that calling. And I found it in the 90s. And I said, I am going to paint this flag everywhere, on cars, buildings, hospitals, schools, across this country, to bring that love back to that flag and Americanism. Look, you know it, I know it, we are not perfect. But what makes us perfect is we can always strive to be perfect, unlike other countries. And I said, that flag represents all of that. And I can go on with this. You know, people who made fun of me, my fellow artists, like, you, you're so talented. What's with this flag? All you do is paint a flag. And I tell them, I have been to the Louvre, dans Paris. I flirted face-to-face with the Mona Lisa. And as a young artist, you remember these things. I saw the Sistine Chapel, and I was in awe. I was crying. I, I've touched the painful brushstrokes at a Van Gogh, of a Van Gogh in the MoMA. But to me... To this artist, the greatest, most sexiest, beautiful, important work of art and civilization is the Star Spangled Banner. Wow. So I am not anybody, I'm not a genius, I'm not a great illustrator, but I am a messenger. This is my message to use my talent to promote and preserve the greatest symbol in the history of civilization, that work of art, the Star Spangled Banner. Well, you've got That's the ha- who I am. Well, Scott, you've got the hair on the back of my neck standing up because, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't have imagined it better than you just said it. That was a work of art just with your words right there. But getting back a little bit into the artist community, 
you know, wh- where do you think this changed from the liberal thought, the idea that, you know, you had kind of talked about in the 60s and the 70s to kind of this illiberal idea? I know I've been focused so much in the schools and on the education side of it and how, you know, really uh, on college campuses, it used to be a place in the 60s and 70s that you could go in and test theories and real ideas and be able to do this so no matter what side of the political aisle you were on all was welcomed in terms of being able to be this place where you can test them and really try to become a better citizen, if you will. I mean, was it in the institutions as well, in the educational institutions, where this kind of flipped in the art world from being kind of your classic liberal to this illiberal school of thought? I believe so. That's definitely part of it. I mean, we all know that, you know, the education system, it's like, it's every day, it's like, oh, no, we're going to, you know, look, I can't say this enough. We're 43rd in the world in education because we're too busy teaching social, you know, sensitive classes and, you know, and, and of course, the whole sexualization of children in public schools at the age of six, seven years old when they should be learning how to read, write, and do math and work with their hands. And nope. Nope, we have to teach them this diversity that little Johnny likes little Mikey. When you turn 18, I don't care what you do. I'm liberal. My mother used to invite her gay friends over back in the 70s and 60s when we were kids. Right. We learned, we accept everybody is accepted. Yeah. But when you jam it down in America's throats and say, this is normalized, this has to be, we have to be accepted, or you are this, this, and that. And me, as you know me, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me. (laughs) And let me continue this conversation. And that's what I keep telling. I give tough love to my friends, my fans, my fellow patriots who are like, what do we do? I say, stop worrying about what people are going to fucking call you. You don't turn into that sensitive person that they are. You know you're not that person. Stand your ground. Parents, you hold the future, as corny as it sounds. You need to get in that school's face nonviolently. I have never have had thousands of protests. Mm-hmm. I never was violent or destroyed anybody's property. You get in that face and you use that sexiest beast called Amendment 1 mm-hmm. and fight for your children and the future of this fucking country. So I do blame it on the parents to not get involved. Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, we can actually took a, a, take a real juxtaposition between, you know, our home state and where we are and where you are right now, actually. You're in Florida for your art show, which is going to be coming out actually this Saturday. And I want you to tell us a little bit more about that. But I think it's a perfect juxtaposition in terms of what's being pushed in schools in New York versus the parental choice that is being championed in Florida right now. And it's one of the reasons why more and more New Yorkers and not just New Yorkers, people from New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois, California are moving and leaving to states like Florida, like Texas, like Tennessee, where they are pushing parental choice before kind of this radical DEI and transgender ideology that's being pushed. Look, I'm an optimist. As crazy as I am, if you're following me on Instagram, I rant and curse, my veins pop out of my neck. That's part of my (laughs) creative passion. (laughs) But... I'm, I'm sure that's what Michelangelo was. When I envision Michelangelo doing the Sistine <laughs> Chapel, I envision him cursing his ass off, saying, I can't, I can't get him right. I can't get him right up there. What the hell, you know? Exactly. It's an, <laughs> only an artist knows that. But the beauty is, again, being the optimist. I got a lot of my friends, friends, uh, fans and friends are like, it's over. We got, we got it. The, the country's screwed. I said, stop, stop, stop. 
be an optimist. It just goes to show you things are changing. And I'm very happy that we got that Congress because the Congress is working and they're working today right now about that whole parents' rights in schools. Mm -hmm. But back to the optimism. It's if it can happen in Florida, it can happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you people got to stop, you know, succumbing to this woke bullshit. I'm in heaven here. I'm in West Palm Beach. You know, yeah. and uh, so um, I have a huge fan base. I always had a huge fan base in Florida. I could never get down here. And thank God I got a couple of very patriotic America First sponsors. You know, Joe the Box Absolutely. from the America First Warehouse, of course. One of the best. He's helped me out with this show. And uh, my friends at the, um, the America Project, where Tom Holman, the director of, former director of Vice, just became the CEO. He will be speaking at my art exhibit this Saturday. Now, folks, it's not just an art exhibit. People think they're just going to see some paintings. Scotty's going to make some money to pay his bills. This is my life's work, new stuff, old stuff, satirical paintings. They have paintings of Biden, of, of Cuomo, of Pelosi, of Fauci. And then I'm unveiling my masterpiece in front of everybody for the first time, which is called Vicious Animals. And it represents what these vicious animals, both jackass donkeys and rhinos, did to this president for four and a half years like nobody's business. No man in history in this country was abused and humiliated like this man. And in the painting, it shows his resilience. It's really special. But the other thing is, it's a powwow. All of us first America brains are going to come together on Saturday, see some beautiful artwork. Hopefully I sell some work. But it's to talk about and fire up and energize this optimistic opportunity that we have to save this fucking country from the enemies within. Well, Scott, I can tell you, if you can't fire us up, then uh, nobody can fire us up. I can tell you that. So I am. Be fired up. I'm sorry. I won't. I won't be able to be down in Florida. There's some other Giuliani who I don't think he's as good looking as me, but maybe a little better known who's going to be down in Florida and can't wait to be a part of it as well. So he's really looking forward to that. But to that point, awesome. you know, I know something that was very endearing to his heart and something that, you know, a couple of different things that you've done recently, but something that I actually just saw a couple of weeks ago because I was just on Highland Boulevard. It makes me happy to see that the thin blue line that you painted on Highland Boulevard, I think in front of the 22nd Precinct, if I'm not mistaken, is the 122, the, the 122 geez, the 122nd Precinct uh, is still up there. Tell me a little bit about that and the timing of that and what inspired you to do that. That was priceless. That's a big part of my documentary when that comes out in the fall. It's just a great story, and that's what made it so famous is that the mayor, I don't even want to say his name, the big, tall, bird-looking guy. I can't the, even say his name. I'll throw up in my lap. The only guy who's made David Dinkins look good, actually, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> anyway, he he did these Black Lives Matter murals. Now, people are like, oh, Scott, you got to paint over that. I said, slow down. I, I, this, I've been doing this a long time. you got to do it creatively. First off, I'm an artist. I actually thought it was kind of cool street art being an artist. Forget about the subject matter. I'm like, wow, big giant words on the street and people could, I thought it was clever, but of course the message got lost. So, and it was at the time, and I've always been a cop supporter. I mean, 20, 30 years, always have I been. And I, we all saw the demoralization, the humiliation, the suicide rate, the divorce rate of these human beings that protect us every day, our police officers, uh, men and women. And I said, fuck this. I'm painting a blue line a thousand feet right down the main 
road on Highland Boulevard, which is the main stretch of the Staten Island. And then the next day, I get a letter from the city that says, <laughs> cease and desist, you must remove this or you will be jailed and fined. And I looked at the letter, and I went on the media, and I said, Mr. de Blasio, stick this up your ass. You show me your permit. This is the best part. You show me the permit you got to do your street art, yeah. and I'll take this down. Yeah. Two days later, that POS comes out, and he says, I don't have a permit. Yeah, That line will be there to the day <laughs> I fucking die, Andrew. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And, and like I said, it, it made me made me happy to see that it's still up there and the fact that you know, you're know you still committed, and I'm sure the community is still committed as well, to making sure that we preserve that, to know how much we stand by our boys in blue and, and realize that they really are the main reason why we took a city in New York that had over 2,000 murders a year that was an absolute disaster to a place that you know, was the capital of the world again. And sadly, we're slipping in the wrong direction because of a guy that you highlighted very well there in de Blasio. But, you know, another guy who's been in the news recently is Alvin Bragg, who may actually even be worse than Bill de Blasio. And he's been in the news, obviously, because of this grand jury and the possible potential indictment of Donald Trump. We're still waiting to see if he actually goes and crosses the Rubicon and pulls the trigger on this. But last year, you actually threw red paint in front of Alvin Bragg's office, and it was another protest, another patriotic protest that you did. Talk a little about that. Okay, first and foremost, people need to understand, and I do these things, that was children's washable paint. Okay. It washes right off. Remember a couple of years ago when all of these punks, Antifa, were destroying every historic building in downtown Manhattan yeah. with permanent spray paint, all on footage, all on film. Nobody even got a look at, never mind a ticket or locked up. Yeah. And so I know what to do. I'm not damaging anything. So that's props. I'm an artist. I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I put down three props, the little pink jacket of that little girl that got shot in the face. You remember her? Yep. And I put down that image that was just haunting of her little bloody pink jacket. I put down a pair of shoes representing woman's shoes, representing the, the Asian woman that was pushed in front of the train. You remember that? Yeah. And then I put down a police cap, a police cap of Officer Rivera, who was slaughtered in the streets of New York. And then I poured all of this fake blood all over the sidewalk, screaming at the top of my lungs, my Scott Lobato verbiage, as you know. <laughs> and uh, they, they locked me up. And I knew I was getting the collar, and I'm glad I did because that helps bring attention. And did it bring attention? It did, because I remember a day or two afterwards, he retracted a few statements because mm -hmm. he knew I brought the heat down on him. So it's just insane. And let me tell you something. In my opinion, I want them to lock Donald Trump up. I want them to handcuff him and let the world see it. Because you know what that's going to do, Andrew? That's going to guarantee him that fucking presidency. That's a fact. The more they try to humiliate this one man, okay, this outsider, the rhinos and the jackasses, the rhinos make me sick that don't like him. I understand if you don't like him, like him. Mm -hmm. But this man is not a fucking politician. Yeah. He's yeah. an outsider. Everybody wanted that change. Everybody was fed up with the system, and this man came along, and he did everything without answering to the swamp, and that's why I think he's one of the greatest presidents that ever lived. You and know, I think 
He needs his next turn. While I'm on the subject, yeah. I love DeSantis. How do you not love DeSantis? Yeah. But DeSantis needs to finish Florida. There's still a lot of work here. And if he jumps in too soon, my opinion, he's still wet behind the ears. Mm-hmm. The swamp will eat him up. So I need, he needs to sit back, let Donald Trump get back what was stolen from him, mm-hmm. finish the job, and then he's got it for eight years and 12 years from now, we'll be on the top of the world. You know, I think that's some of the best messaging that I've heard of anybody, of a Trump supporter on DeSantis, because I've heard, I've talked to so many people that love President Trump, that still want him in 2024, that say, but look, we love DeSantis as well. And I think, you know, your messaging is very similar to that of Laura Trump. I think it's really good on this. And I think, I think that's how a lot of people are feeling, which is that, hey, look, you know, he's in his early to mid forties. He's got plenty of time on this, but we need Trump back here in 24. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, believe me, I'm out there. I get stuff all the time. Messages. People come up to me. Well, I don't think we should get Donald Trump because that's going to make the wild animals burn down the cities again. And I thought about it. I thought about that for a minute in the beginning. And then I smacked myself in the face. I said, no, first and foremost, it is illegal to do what they do. You have a right to peacefully assemble and protest. If you step over the line, expect you, you know, what you're getting. And I know that firsthand. So does Curtis. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) they're not supposed to be allowed to do that. It's against the law. So the law, the cops should have their hands released to do the job that they are supposed to do from the politicians. And once that happened, that's it. It won't happen anymore. So write that off the ship. Write that off the ship. And the other thing is, look at what the Democrats have done. They have destroyed everything in its in their path. Everything. Yeah. And there's no games now. So the hell with their fucking unity now. And all of a sudden, let's be unified now after the election. Fuck that. You said that when you in, in excuse me, I'm getting excited. In twenty twenty, <laughs> what'd you say? You're only getting Everybody excited now. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'm gonna die of a heart attack. Believe me. Well, that that would make news over here if you if you did that. But, you know, look, I I know we only have a couple minutes left, but there are a couple other things I want to hit on right now. First off, you and I first rekindled, I would say, at so many of the vaccine mandate protests. And one of the things that is amazing to me, three years after the beginning of this pandemic, these mandates are still in place in the sense that the police, the firefighters, the first responders in New York City that lost their jobs because they made a health choice when the director of the CDC said it does not prevent transmission, which anybody with common sense then tells you that's a personal health choice. They still have not gotten their jobs back. They have not gotten the back pay. What are your thoughts on on this situation? This is something that, like I said, we talk so much about. It's disgusting. And I can't believe. And, you know, everyone's like, you know, well, Eric Adams isn't doing too bad. No. Fuck that shit. This guy needs to get his voice louder, Yeah. including Bragg and the governor. I know you got to be careful when you're fighting with the governor because you're underneath it. But you are here to represent the New York people. That is your job. Yep. That The men and women on the civil servants, that's your job. That should have been immediate. He would have got some love. He has no – I'm giving him no love. Yeah. I gave him a chance. And he's lo- and he's blowing it. He, he's blowing it. He even complimented it, De Blasio about a month ago or so on a radio program, not on WABC, on a different radio program, saying that he thought De Blasio did the right thing by introducing these mandates, even with all the data and with the evidence. So it's not even a matter of he's trying to ignore it and push in the past. He's actually still tripling and quadrupling down on this. I don't understand how the people of New York have not learned 
so quickly yeah. after what happened the last mayoral with the last mayor. Yeah. How, when are they going to, you know, your father was the perfect example. Example A, example number one, you are tough on crime. That's it. It's that simple. It's just the city is the greatest city in the world. Yeah. And as much as I love sunny Florida, I can't leave New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave until that place is straightened. I'm going to fight every fucking day like I've been doing for 30 years because that's my city. That's where my ancestors came from 100 years ago. Everybody's like, Scott, you got to move to Florida. No, I love it. I'll come back and forth. I am not leaving my city until we get the right mayor, the right representatives in there to clean it up. And it's not rocket science, Andrew. Yeah, you're it's right. Not. It's not. That's why you're a patriot, though, Scott. And, and you know, speaking of that... You have a documentary called The Relentless Patriot. Tell our listeners where they can see this and and how this got put together. I have some good friends that have been in this, including Curtis Sliwa, my father, Rudy Giuliani, and it's one of these things that's a great project. Yeah, it's, again, 30 years of footage. I've saved everything, my dozens of arrests, my thousands of protests, the flags that I painted across the country in every state, and and this friend of mine just came by to do an interview, and he started talking to me, and he said, you know what? I'm changing this. We're going to do this. With this. Your story needs to be told. And it's visually stimulating. It's pretty. It's ugly. It'll make you cry. You know, all of the work I do with the veterans, you know, my arrests that we've been talking about, the Blue Line and Alvin Bragg. And it's just a beautiful piece of film. It's an hour and a half feature. And we are finished with it. We're in the final production stages. And it's in the hands of some distributor friends that they're going to reach out. That's the tough part because Hollywood ain't picking this up. A conservative artist movie, not happening. So, (laughs) But we got some really good feed on it. And so probably it'll be out in fall. But if anybody wants to see the trailer, three-minute trailer, talking about blood pumping, just go to my website, scottlobato.com. It's the first thing there. You'll really uh, get a kick out of it. and, um, I w- and before I go, I want to just mention, if I get a minute, yeah, where the course. show is and how they can get tickets. Yeah. The art show is one day, Saturday. It's at the West Palm Beach Marriott. That's Saturday, March 25th. Saturday, March 25th yeah. at the West Palm Beach Marriott. Yeah, two, go on. 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. And you got to register. It's free to get in, but you got to register. It's go to theamericaproject.org. I'm sorry, theamericaproject.com and just register. And like I said, you want to be here, people, because this is a powwow of patriotism. And people say, Scott, why only one day? Because the art world will never let me in a gallery, so I have my own shows my own way. You know, and it's and in that actually, where you're doing this, this is actually the place where the biggest Trump club in the country ends up meeting, Club 45, which I think has turned into Club 47, and they need yeah. all that space because they get 1,000 people a meeting or so. I was actually just with... President Trump a couple weeks ago when Kellyanne was going down there for a speech. We had dinner the night before, which is a Sunday. She spoke on a Monday. So I really think that uh, you're doing it there because you know you're going to have so much traffic. There are going to be so many people that are inspired to see your art, to be a part of the experience. It's more than just your art, Scott. It's the experience. Exactly, Andrew. It's an experience. It's not just you're walking in, you're getting a little piece of cheese on a cracker with a half a glass of cheap champagne. It's going to be a full bar you know, it's Bart's Cash Bar, whatever, but it's a party. It's a patriotic festival, you know, of art and people and energy. And that's what we need more of these gatherings. So one, one final question before we go, Scott. Do you have a favorite piece of work? Or is that like saying, what's your favorite child? See, that's, that's easy for me because I only have exactly. one child, so it's grace. But you have so many pieces of work. 
They're all my children. They really are. I mean, I've been painting the flag for 30 years, thousands of times, on a bike, on a motorcycle, on a canvas. The canvases are what I'm doing a lot more now. And everybody asks me, like, don't you get sick of it? I'm like, I paint one tomorrow. I'm going to be just as passionate about it as the first one I painted 30 years ago and all in between. It soaks me. It takes, it's in my heart. If there's one virus that everybody should get, it is the patriotic bug. That patriotic virus, because there is no vaccine, there is no cure for it. And I love watching people who are never patriotic. Who are ne- I mean, you don't have to paint flags or wave your flag every day on your car to be patriotic. It's very simple. But once you get that virus, you will never there was never a cure for it. You will die with that virus, and it is fantastic. Oh, I tell you what, you have inspired me, Scott. I mean, you always, no matter well, how don't I'm feeling, don't stop painting flags. Don't stop painting flags. <laughs> you know, that's probably the only thing that I do worse than singing is painting. So uh, you're right. You would not want me to start painting flags right there. I could color within the numbers, but other than that, we're going to leave the art to you right there because truly is inspiring and wonderful. One more time. Where can they find the art show if people are interested in going and getting tickets for this week? It's at the West Palm Beach Marriott on Okeechobee Boulevard, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, this Saturday, March 25th. And just go and register at theamericaproject.com. Well, Scott Lebedo, you truly are a patriot, an artist, and an activist. And it's been a pleasure to have you on Not That Andrew as I try to make... Andrew's great again. You make art great again, okay? I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, Scott. Right, my well, friend, I'll see you when I get back in New York. Absolutely, my friend. Enjoy sunny Florida down there and have a great show. And to all our listeners, we'll see you next week. <laughs>